but different. It's same, same, but different. It's the law of seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping. That is Old Testament, New Testament, right throughout the Bible. Uh, I guess it, it kind of climaxes at the thought in the book of Galatians where Paul says that a man will reap uh, what a man uh, sows. And it's this whole thought that we have all these different fields of life that we have as believers that we are constantly sowing into. And we're sowing into these fields for outcomes and a future that we want to walk into. It doesn't, we, we don't want to walk into an accidental future. We don't want to have a future that's by default. We want to have a future that's by design. We want to be really intentional, not just have good intentions. Have you ever had friends that have had good intentions, but little intentionality? We all have those kind of friends. Come on, don't go shy on me today. If you go shy on me, yeah, what, what, what? Let me introduce you to my brother. That's my brother. Stop that. If you go shy on me today, I'm coming. It, it's good intentions are great. They're wonderful. But God wants us to have intentionality, to be full of intention for what we want to do. That's what Good Farmer is all about. It's understanding we're part of a creative process. It's understanding that God partners with us and we partner with God in this process and this journey of faith. So our words, our thoughts, our habits, all of those things, they're, they're seeds that we sow for the future that we want. This has been our foundational text, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, where Solomon in his wisdom says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, well, they never Harvest. You know, you can't sit around in life just watching and waiting for perfect conditions to make you move. To make you move and to do what you want to do and to be who you want to be and go where you want to go and, and study what you want to study or buy what you want to buy. Uh, the moment is the now moment. It's the now moment. We need to live in this now moment. And this is what Solomon is saying. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Don't watch and wait for the clouds. He says, plant your seed in the morning. In other words, sow in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. Don't make the mistake that some believers make. They think, I'll just sow and I'll just pray and I'll just leave it up to God. No, Solomon says, plant your seed, keep busy all afternoon because you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. He says, you really don't know what God's going to bless. So go deep and wide. Everyone say deep and wide. Go deep, go wide. Go deep, go wide. So in many fields. And let's just see what God will bless and see what God will do. And so we've been expanding on that thought for a few weeks now and today. We're going to finish this thought as we, we bring our, uh, our, our, our moment in terms of what we're doing today for legacy and our legacy offering day. If you're a part of our church, you know what this day is all about. If you're a new person today, just relax. Just relax and enjoy. But our church family know what we're doing today. What we're doing today is we're bringing a faith offering. We're bringing an offering that's above and beyond what we'd normally do uh, on a weekly basis in terms of how we journey with God uh, financially. 
And so we bring a sacrificial offering today. We're going to give an opportunity for that to happen at the conclusion uh, of our service uh, today for every one of us uh, to be involved in that. We've looked at this thought over a number of weeks. People that wait and watch for perfect conditions, they never sow and they never reap what they want in life. We reap what we sow, so sow what you want to reap is the truth of the Word of God. Last week we talked about Isaac from the Old Testament and how Isaac found himself in a moment of severe famine, in a season of severe famine. And he was doing what everybody did in the promised land at that time when severe famines came. He was retreating to Egypt. So he's on his way back to Egypt because Egypt had a river called the Nile. So it had a water supply. It had food in silos stored up for people to cover for years and years and years of drought and famine. So there was a lot of provision there. So Isaac in his wisdom was, was heading back there and he stopped at a place called Gerar, which is halfway. And God spoke to him and said, live here, stay here, stay with these strangers and I will bless you. I'll bless you like I did your father Abraham. And I'm going to give you everything that I promised to him. I'm going to also promise to you. And so Isaac, the Bible says, planted seed. He sowed seed in that same year, in that year of famine, when nobody else was sowing. All the other farmers were leaving. They were giving up. They were walking away. They were going to Egypt. Isaac stayed because of a word from God. You know, church, when you have a word from God, when you have a promise from God, when you have a truth from God, you can sow seed in a season when it's unusual, abnormal, and you can expect God to bless that thing. You can express, expect God to bring favor on that field that you're sowing towards. And that's what Isaac did. Isaac did what was unnatural irrational, abnormal, and he refused to allow the season to define who he was and what he did. He had a spirit of faith and he believed that God was more than able. And here's the good news. Isaac received, the Bible says, uh, in that season, a harvest that was a hundredfold in the same year. A hundredfold what he had planted. So he didn't get a natural harvest, he got a supernatural harvest. He got an unexpected harvest, an uncommon harvest, an unprecedented harvest. He received an accelerated harvest. Sowing seeds, sowing good seeds, is always the answer to our current reality. It's always the answer to our current reality. It's the answer to overcoming evil and the consequences of evil in our world is for believers to sow good seeds and to sow seeds of doing good in our own lives and also in the lives of others and in the lives of ourselves. And so today... As we gather, we're not going to allow the economy to dictate our sowing today. We're not going to allow circumstances to determine our faith and our sowing today. Like Isaac, we're not going to allow ourselves to be defined by anything else, what anyone else says. We're going to be defined by our sowing and our believing and our faith in God today. We're not going to let bad reports discourage our sowing today. We're not going to let scenarios derail our sowing today we're going to sow because sowing is always the answer to our current reality my last thought from in terms of where we've been over the last couple of weeks is this is that God always has great things planned for us he always does 
So therefore, my expectation is going to be that God is doing good things for me. God is doing great things for me. Do I have any friends today? Anyone else can believe that? God is doing good things for me today. God is doing great things for me. God is doing good and great things for us collectively as a church. And so we don't pull back in our expectation. We don't shut down on our expectation. We don't limit our expectation today. But we sow into that field. We sow into that field of life. We don't have a famine mindset. I don't know whether you've ever spoken to someone with a famine mindset. It results in a famine spirit, in famine talk, in famine behavior, and in famine responses. And it affects everything about that person. It determines who they become. It determines how they behave. It determines how they believe. And I want to proclaim for every one of us today and certainly over our church collectively today that God is bigger than that. God is much bigger than that. Our God is more than able. Everyone say more than able. Did you like that song today? I I love that song. It's just such a faith statement. It's such a faith proclamation into our spirits as we sing that, that God is more than able. Of course, it comes from Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20, where Paul says, now unto him, now, now according to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think to the power that works within us. There's a power working in you today. There's a power of the Holy Spirit working in you today to accomplish things, to accomplish good things in your life and in our life. And here Paul says, God is able. He is able to do far more abundantly. He is more than able. I'm glad to hear that today because sometimes I don't feel too able. Any friends? I don't feel too able sometimes. I don't feel like I'm able to do it. Uh, And I have things that tell me that I'm not able to do it or be it or go there or have that. But here Paul tells me God is. God is. God is more than able. Of course, it's a prayer that Paul is praying for the Ephesian church. And it's a prayer that has this foundation. He says, when I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, he says, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the Creator in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, listen to these words, listen to the expansiveness of the way that Paul speaks. He goes deep and wide. He says, from his glorious, unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. This is how I expect to walk. This is how I expect to live. Empowered by the glorious, unlimited resources of God, empowering and giving me inner strength, giving us inner strength with his spirit. That was a two clap response then. Three claps in our church and we all clap. You know that rule. Don't leave two people on the front row hanging with a clap. That's our culture. Two claps, not enough claps. That's not happy clappers. Happy clappers, Dale, is everyone in the room clapping, isn't it? So when, when Dale claps, we all cheer and we all clap. Who wants to live with that kind of spirit? I want to live with that kind of spirit from his glorious, unlimited resources, knowing that my life is empowered by this unlimited God. Here's my thought as we start to build today is that God is limitless. God is more than able. He's limitless, which is great news for us today because I got some news for you. You are limited. You are limited to one spot 
one moment to all the energy you have to 24 hours in a day to the the resourcefulness of your own spirit the creativity and intelligence of your own mind I don't care how smart you are you are not smart enough on your own God is limitless and as we gather today in this moment which For me, it's always an extraordinary faith season as we approach this Sunday. This is no ordinary Sunday for us. No ordinary Sunday as we gather collectively to do what we're going to do today and sow our seed. I'm believing that what God is doing, our team of believing, our team of pastors is proclaiming and believing that God is bringing us from a season of famine to a season of favor. And I'm sowing that season. I'm sowing that field. I'm sowing that thought into us today. I'm believing for a supernatural harvest. I'm believing for an abnormal harvest. I'm believing for an unprecedented harvest. I'm believing for accelerated harvest. A harvest in a season of famine. That's a hundredfold what we have planted God did it then he can do it now he's either the same God or he's not he either is that God that says I do not change or he's changed and he's weak and he's little and he's incompetent and he's neglecting us what sort of God do we have an unlimited big God same God My God is so big, so strong, so mighty. There's nothing that he cannot do for you. So don't limit God to your limitation. Don't limit God to your limitation. I love the new song we did today, and I want to speak into some of the the verses of the song as we go through each point today it started out with when did I start to forget all of the great things you did when did I throw away faith for the impossible how did I start to believe that you weren't sufficient for me when did that happen how did that happen how do we let that happen at times? Because I think we do. I think we all do at different times for different reasons in different seasons and moments of life where we go through some challenge, some hardship, some lack of clarity, some misunderstanding, some offense, some failure, some sin, uh, some grievance, uh, some circumstance, some tragedy, uh, some, some grief, whatever it might be, some disease, some sickness, uh, some loss, some sorrow, some sadness. That's life. We walk through those valleys the bible says oh i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff they comfort me you're with me is what the psalmist is saying he's not saying i'm not going to walk through that valley you you are going to walk through those valleys in those moments but don't limit god this big god this limitless god to our limitations god is an all powerful all knowing ever present God. There's a big word that the experts use, the theologians, you've heard me do it before, that says God is omnipotent. He's omnipotent. In other words, God is all-powerful. God is an all-powerful God. It comes from the story in Genesis 17, 1, when Abram, who was to become Abraham, the father of our faith, was really at the end of it. Um, he, he, was, he was really at a point in life where 
He didn't think anything was ever going to happen for him in terms of family. Uh, He'd lost hope in that. He'd lost hope in the thought that he would even be a father of one, let alone a father of any more. And God had given him promises, but he couldn't see that happening. And I know today that there are some people in the room and online today where God has given you promises and you can't see it happening. You think you're at the end of it. You think you're beyond it. You think God's played games with you, but he hasn't. And this is what he said to Abraham. I am El Shaddai for you. I am God Almighty. He said that at a time when Abram was 99 years of age. I don't know whether you've thought about this, but 99 years of age is not the time to start a family. That's not a time to start your family. You may have left your run a little bit late if you've waited till you're 99 and here's Abram at 99 years of old. It says the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. El Shaddai literally means the all sufficient one, God Almighty. In other words, God showed up and said, I'm more than able. Yeah. I'm more than able. Don't worry about being 99. I'm more than able. Yeah. Don't worry about what your situation is and your circumstances because it's not about you. It's about me. And I am El Shaddai. I'm the all-sufficient one. I'm God Almighty. I am more than able. Not only is God so powerful that he can do anything, God is also omniscient. God is all-knowing. You know, there are times in my life that I thought I was all-knowing. And people have called me a know-it-all uh, in times. But uh, I'm, I'm not all-knowing. I'm not a know-it-all. But God literally is. God is the ultimate know-it-all. He knows it all. God is all knowing. He has absolute knowledge, unacquired knowledge. He didn't need anyone to teach him because he already was it. He was the all knowing one at all times. God knows everything. He has perfect knowledge, perfect understanding, perfect wisdom. And in terms of your life, my life, our life collectively as a church, God sees everything from a point of completion. God sees already your life lived before you've lived your life. God sees your tomorrow before you walk into it. God knows your problem that's coming next week. God knows everything about you. God doesn't have to wait and see what happens. He knows. God's already the, at the end of the rainbow that you're running to right now. He's already there. Did it occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? He doesn't wake up and have anything occur to him. He doesn't have those uh aha moments. He is the uh aha. That's who he is. He knows all things. Not only is he all powerful and all knowing. Oh, he's not Mark. Uh, Can we go to uh, his omnipotent? He is ever present. God is present in all things. He is not limited to any space. God is everywhere at all times. God is already at the place you're running to. You can't run from him. You're always running to him. Think about that. You can't run from him. You're always running to him because he's in that space. You can't hide from him because where you hide, he's already there. And he goes peekaboo. He finds you when you think you've lost him. You can't actually be lost because he is in everything that surrounds you and is around you, which is all wonderful news today, church, because it says to me, God is bigger than any circumstance. He is bigger than any season. He is bigger than any fear. He is bigger than anything that you face. He is bigger than any news. He is bigger than any report. 
My God really is so big. When they taught me that in Sunday school, they knew what they were teaching. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. This God of ours that's so big and strong and mighty, he works in a zone that's called the faith zone. He works in the faith zone. It's a supernatural zone. It's a zone that attracts the presence of God. God works in that creative faith space. It's the zone of the unlimited possibility. It's a zone that is of accelerated opportunities for us when the hand of God comes upon us in those moments. So church, God works in a faith zone. He's actually attracted to it. He's attracted to a faith zone and he's repelled by the zones of unbelieving. And so today, everything we've been doing was to help enhance us enjoy a faith zone, a faith moment because we're sowing towards a future harvest today and we're believing for God to bless our sowing. I'm believing for that. Our team is believing for that. And collectively we're believing for that as a church. And I'm believing for an accelerated harvest. Anyone else daring to believe for that? I'm believing for an accelerated harvest and I'm believing that God will do what only God will do. So therefore, don't deny God what he can do. Don't deny, we sang it. I won't deny I won't deny the Lord what he can do. Um, That thought in the song says, why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles? You are more than able, more than able. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Two stories that I want to share with you from the scriptures today. Mark chapter 6, verse 1, to highlight these thoughts of an atmosphere of faith that God works in. In Mark chapter 6, we have a story of Jesus when he goes to his hometown, to his hometown. I want you to think for a moment what it's like when you go to your hometown. Dale, when you go to Coffs Harbour, see here Dale's a superstar. Here Dale's a legend for everything that he does here and who he is here and and Sue. And and you're known here, Dale, because we know you as you are today. But when Dale goes to his hometown and when you go to your hometown uh, Billy, when you go to your hometown, Mike, when you go to you know, our hometown of Gladstone, people remember us for what we used to be. They have pictures of us. And see, the problem with my life is my life is not a picture. People want to frame you a certain way, in a season, in a moment, in a problem, in an issue. They, they, they take that photo of you, and that's how they remember you forever. But your life's not a photo. Your life's a movie. It just keeps rolling and it keeps running. And you're not that frame. So don't let them frame you. Don't live according to their frame. Reframe your life to be deeper and wider than the way some people remember you. So here's Jesus. The Bible says that he went to his hometown accompanied by his homies, his disciples. That They went to his hometown uh, with him. In verse 2 it says, when the Sabbath came, Jesus did what Jesus does. He went to the synagogue and he, he began to teach and many who heard him were, wow, this is amazing. Where did this man get these things from, they asked. What's his wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Can you, can you feel the sense of amazement that they have when they hear him teach in the synagogue? They're all like, wow, wow, wow. Because up until now, they didn't, they didn't remember who he was. 
Uh, up until now, they're looking at the movie of his life. But there's about to come that moment where they put him back in that frame. And the next verse says, isn't this, hey, isn't this the carpenter? Here comes the frame. They'd just seen the bigness, the miracles, the wisdom, the authority, which amazed them. But now they go, hey, hang on. Someone says, isn't that the carpenter? You know, Mary, isn't that Mary's son? James's brother? You know how it goes. Joseph, Judas, and we, we know the whole family. Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? Like, you know, he, in other words, he's just, let's bring him down to that level too. He's just ordinary. And it says they took offense at him. They went from amazement to offense. I never cease to be amazed at how quickly people go from being amazed to offense. And here it happened to Jesus in his hometown. He amazed them when they didn't realize who he was. But then they realized and all of a sudden they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. Among his relatives and in his hometown, his home village. And the Bible says this, and it's really sad. It says he could not do many miracles there. Remember this limitless God? It says he could not do many miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed. So now Jesus is amazed. It says he was amazed at their lack of faith. And then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. They denied God what he could do. They denied God what he could do. Jesus came there for more than a couple of little miracles. He came there for more than just healing a few people. He came to his hometown and he wanted to do something big in that place, in that hometown. But there was no atmosphere of faith. There was an atmosphere of, hang on, we remember you. We know your mama. We know your brothers. We know your sisters. They come riding into town with your homies, making out like you're some big shot and doing a few miracles and thinking you're all that because we've got a photo. We remember you in school. We remember you before you were cool. And so they framed him. And here's the problem for a lot of us. We get framed by others. We get framed by life. We get framed by discouragement. We get framed by failure. We get framed by disappointment. And I want to ask you today to break the frame and reframe everything to a movie rather than a moment, to a movie, to, a, to an epic movie, rather than just a, a few little clips uh, here and there. You're not that person anymore. You're not that mistake anymore. You're not that moment anymore. You're not that season anymore. You're not that label anymore. You're not a fine by that that's not who you are that's what you came through you went through it you came through it that was the valley of the shadow of death but the Lord was with you his rod and his staff they comfort you and there are good things coming for you surely goodness and mercy will follow me says the psalmist all the days of my life I'm not camped in that shadow I'm not staying in that shadow I'm not hiding in that valley of the shadow of death why because there's goodness and there's mercy that's going to follow me for all the days of my life Let's reframe. It says Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. And so this limitless God was all of a sudden limited. And it says he could not, not he would not, he could not do many miracles there. Here's my thought. My thought is that those who knew Jesus the best received him the least. Those who knew him the best received him the least. Those that should have had the most faith had the least faith. 
They put Jesus in a box. Jesus wanted to do more. Jesus could have done a whole lot more. It could have been a different story in that town that day, in his hometown. Jesus could have done more in and of himself, but he couldn't. Their lack limited his ability. You know what a good farmer is? good farmer is understanding that God involves us in the creative process. And God uses our faith. And God invites us to be faith people. To be believers that have faith, express faith, live faith. That faith is a part of our armor. That faith is a part of the way we live. That faith is the kind of person and people that we are. And God involves us in this miracle process. We are part of the miracle. God does it, but he does it with us. He does it through us. And he does it for us. And God works in these faith atmosphere. That's why it's so important to fill the room with faith. And what I want to do today is I want to fill the room with faith. I want to have these kinds of people around me. I want to have these voices around me. I want to have these minds around me. I want to have these hearts around me. The song we sang, More Than Able, it goes on to say, now I see all that I have. I've got my confidence back. You go, Mia, when you sang that. I could see the confidence on you. I could feel the confidence on you. You sing that song, girl. I got my confidence back. I put my trust in the one who still does miracles. You are more than able, more than able. Then it says, can you imagine, with all the faith in the room, what the Lord can do? What the Lord can do. It only took a small group of people in an upper room on the day of Pentecost in a prayer meeting seeking the heart and the hand and the favor of God and the promise and the gift that God had promised to every one of them. It only took a few uh, in that room to see God do something that was very deep and very wide that would touch the earth and the planet forever. That would change the way that we do this journey with God when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When you have a room that's filled with faith and an atmosphere of faith, I tell you church, God's attracted to that. God can't avoid that. God can't neglect that. That's a moment where God comes and do does what only God can do. And like the song says, can you imagine with all that faith in the room, what the Lord can do, what the Lord can do? It's going to happen. Just let the way maker through. That's my prayer for us today is that we would let the way maker come through. We'd let the way maker through today. It's going to happen. Just let the way maker through. He's going to move. He's going to move. Anything is possible Anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Anything is possible. And so church, the size of your faith may just determine the size of your miracle. The size of your faith may determine the size of your miracle. In this story, it says that Jesus moved on. He left that place. And as you read through the chapters of the book of Mark, he went around doing some other miracles. He healed people. Uh, he, he walked on the water. Uh, that was pretty impressive. He had that moment on the mountain where uh, he, he, the Bible says he transfigured. He glowed white. He was shining, literally, the presence of God. And the disciples that were with him were like, wow, can we stay here? This is such a moment here on the mountain. Uh, but Jesus said, no, we've got to go back down to the people. And so they went down to the people after this and other miracles that Jesus had performed. And when he came down from a mountain, a man grabbed him. A man grabbed him. I want to take you to this grab and show you what happened in Mark chapter 9. There was this man who came because his son was being um, affected by an evil spirit that was affecting him and harming him and hurting him and affecting his health. And so he came in desperation uh, to Jesus. And it says, so they brought him. 
And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion and he fell to the ground and rolled over, foaming at the mouth. And so Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And the dad said, from childhood. Wow, there's a whole lot of pain right there. From childhood, a father had been in a situation with his son where uncontrollable convulsions would come upon his son. His dad didn't know what the heck was going on. He's looked for help everywhere. He's gone to every doctor, every physician. He's tried every remedy. He's exercised all the faith he could, believing in all kinds of things. And he hears Jesus is coming down from the mountain. So he brings his boy uh, to Jesus and he answers Jesus' question. He says, he's been like this ever since he's been a little child. He says, it's often thrown him into the fire or water to try and kill him. You imagine if this is your boy, if this is your son, if this is your child. And then he says this to Jesus, but if you can do anything, listen to that question. If you can do anything, focus in on that word, anything. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Take pity on us and help us. And Jesus responds, if you can, if you can. Jesus was responding to the father's question of if you can do anything. And Jesus said, if you can, said Jesus. He says this, everything. Everyone say everything. Everything Everything is possible. Everything is possible for the one who believes. The father said anything. Jesus said everything. I don't know what your heart's saying today. Anything, God, anything? Can you help me? Jesus said everything. Everything. I I can do everything. He says everything is possible for the one that believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help my unbelief. I do believe, help my unbelief. And so the man says, if you can do anything, take pity, help. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Everything. Thing is possible if you'll just believe, if you'll just have faith. And the man's response is the response that we need to have today, church. I do believe. Help my unbelief. I know what it's like to be that. I know what it's like to be in that moment. I know what it's like to want to believe with all of my heart, to know I should believe with all of my heart, to have the theology work out in my head. I know what it's like to understand that God is so big, so strong and so mighty, and that's good for God, but I'm not God. I'm not him. I'm in this moment. I'm feeling this limitation. I'm feeling this weakness. I'm feeling this issue. I'm feeling this problem. Any, any friends today? That, that's us. That's us. That's our world. That's our humanness. That's, and that's Okay. We were created human. We are human. We have those emotions. We have those feelings. Like people look up to you because they think you are all that. And particularly when you're a big person, like you're a mum, you're a dad, you're a school teacher, you're, you're, a, you're a manager, you're a boss, you're a business owner, you're, you're the worker of the family, you're the provider. When you're a leader, when you're a pastor, and they think you know it all, and they think you can do everything. And they think you can be everywhere, but you can't. There's limitations. So I've had many moments in my life where I felt like I can't, where I don't know whether I can even believe for that God. I don't know because I've seen things. I've prayed and it hasn't happened at times. I've been through seasons where I haven't understood. I haven't had all the answers, but I hear about faith and I want to believe. 
So what do you do, church, when you want to believe but you can't? It's the question I want to pose today. Because for some today, when it comes to sowing seed like we're going to sow today, and we're going to sow financially into the future of our church today, from a vision perspective, for some, your thought, your heart, your posture, your response to that is, I want to, but I can't. I can't. If you want to, and you want to believe like this man, you can walk towards belief. You can sow your way towards believing. You can sow your way towards trusting God. You can sow your way towards reestablishing your faith. Just like this father, he had so many letdowns in life, so many challenges. He moved from one letdown to the next letdown, one disappointment to the next. He'd seen his son suffer so many times, so many years, live with the spirit of, this is not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair for my boy. It's not fair that we're going to live like this. It's not fair. It's not fair what life has done. I didn't invite this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't sow for this harvest. It's an undeserved, undesired, unwanted, unwelcome harvest. So he comes to Jesus and says, if you can, would you help? The rest of the story is this. He'd actually already come to the disciples before he came to Jesus. And he came to the disciples with the same heart and the same question. And he said to Jesus, I brought my disciples to, my my son to your disciples, thinking they could help, but they couldn't. Thinking they could help me, but they couldn't. That's why he comes to Jesus out of desperation. It's his last stop. That's why he comes and says, if you can, if you can, you might be in that place today, in different fields of your life. You might be at an if you can moment. You might be coming to God with what you're sowing today and your challenge and situation and circumstance and your heart's aching and breaking and it's like, if you can. God's response back to you today is, if I can, everything is possible. To the one that believes, will you believe with me, says God? Will you believe with me? Will you combine your faith with with mine today, with my ability to do something on your behalf? You see, God's not an if you can God. God's not the anything God. God is the everything God. The everything God is what God is. So what we do when we find it hard to believe and we want to, when our heart is like this, Father, would you help my unbelief? Here's what we do, church. We put our faith in the faithful one. We put our trust in the limitless nature of God and the trust in the faithfulness of God. We sow for a future harvest. We build a faith atmosphere and we fill the faith of we fill the room with faith, the rooms of our life with faith. We fill it with faith. We fill it with belief. We fill it with hope. We sow our seed. We work all day and we pray and we hope. We sow, we work, we pray, we hope. 
Sowing is always the key to our growing. It always is. Sowing good things is the way we overcome evil. We don't overcome evil by protesting. We overcome evil by sowing good and doing good things. We build our belief by allowing faith and by allowing God to bring our our confidence back. Our confidence, which is confidence based on the bigness of God. Confidence is allowing God's spirit to breathe faith into our spirit, our situations and our circumstances. And so today we proclaim he's more than able. And can you imagine what God can do when a room is full of faith? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what God can do for you? in that moment it's going to happen just let the way maker through let the way maker through so today i'm going to let the way maker through our family's going to let the way maker through like your family is like you are i'm going to sow my seed today my gift my offering our offering our gifts we're going to sow it and that's our way our way of letting the way maker through to come through in this season and to not allow famine to define who we are but to sow for favor to sow for favor and so my question for every one of us is what do you want the lord to do for you what do you want the lord to do for you can i have our pastors come to stage please what do you want the lord to do for you We've been asking this for the last month. And this for me is the biggest part of this moment of what we do together as a church and as a team as we come together. We're asking ourselves this question. What do we want the Lord to do? And so we've given these little cards, these little legacy cards. These are our what are we believing God for cards. And on here we've asked you to write the things you're believing God for that you want prayed for. And so I've written some out here today and some are personal. And some of it is church related. One's for the church. And I've written on the top of my card, God you're more than able for the hopes, the dreams, the desires, the thoughts the expansion the global opportunities we're considering the citywide opportunities we're exploring the ministries we want to establish and build and strengthen people we want to see saved and come into the kingdom of God we need to pray about that pray about that so today I sow that seed on our behalf as a church and when you come out the front in a moment you can put this card in this basket and after we finish praying over it our prayer team's going to pray over these we'll keep it personal they're going to pray over them
If you've not filled out your card today and you need a, a pen, our service team are ready right now. Just lift your hand if you need a pen today to fill out your card as you prepare for when you are going to come out. If you've not filled one out, fill out another one, which is a, a personal one. and That's got all kinds of things, believing God to do miracles for. Because I believe that God is doing miracles right now, even while we speak. Even while we speak. And secondly, we've given the offering envelopes, which is for the giving on the day. Uh, it might be cash, it might be online that we're going to put online into our, our account. The details are all on the envelope if you need these. These are on the seat in front of you. Uh, you can take one of those this morning. You can also find this information if you're online uh, on our web page. You can find it there uh, in terms of giving. If you go there and there's a box called Legacy, if you go there, um, you can check um, giving there. You can uh, alter the amount. You can also look for the pledge card, which I'm going to talk about in a few moments. So you can do this online, but there's an envelope here and you can write the amount you're going to give. We always do it like with a sense of accountability. So we put our names on there. Um, we do that, uh, Cheryl and I publicly, so that um, our team here understand and know uh, how, how we walk uh, uh, as a family, as a couple, uh, in terms of our presentation of our gift today. And what we do, because we want to give beyond what we've got available for the day, we also have a pledge card. That's the, the card. The card is for a promise or a pledge to be given over a 12-month period. So once again, we put our name on there and how much that is in total, how much it is a week or fortnight or however that's going to be given. And so it's the dual opportunity uh, for people to give. And what we've asked people to do is to do this, is to do their very best, is to do their best. And so we ask that question, have we done our best? Have we done our best? And it's a good question to ask yourself today. And whatever your best is, be happy with your best and smile. Be happy with your best and smile. And so we do our best. And our target, our goal this year is the same as it's been in the last few years. Last year it was 130000 This year it's 130000 which is a lot of money for us, 130000 I think last year the pledge was just over, all up, the total was just over $130,000. we have had 120,000 come in in actually being received over this 12-month period. So outstanding effort, church. Why don't you give yourself a big round of applause? We are amazed by that. We are, we are so grateful. What we do with the $130,000, to be totally transparent with that, 100,000 is committed and dedicated to the payment down on the principal of our mortgage. So we're paying $100,000 down uh, every year on our mortgage, on our facilities. So $100,000, we've been dedicated to that over the 12-month period. And then $30,000 for other vision initiatives that we need to just pour some money into around our facility, our house here, uh, over the process of the 12 months. So that's why our goal is $130,000. It's a target we can go beyond. We're not looking for any one person to give $130,000. But if you wanted to do that, that would be fabulous. We're looking for everybody to play a part because we're all part of a body. We're all part of a body. And so we're just going to do our best together. And our practice here at our church is this. 
If our goal is and our target is 130,000, and if we get 250,000, we'll say, thank you, Jesus. Look at what the Lord has done. If our, if our, if our actual goal comes in at 100,000, we'll say, thank you, Jesus. Look what the Lord has done. If our goal and our target comes in at 50,000, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what the Lord has done. We are never going to get upset or have a response that uh, is, you know, because of a goal or a target. The goal is to know where we're kicking. Where we're kicking. But my ask of every one of us is that we'd simply do our best. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? We've done our best. What we're going to do in terms of this offering, and please, if you're a, a new person in our our church family today, uh, you just relax. Uh, everyone else knows how this works and, and um, they, it's no surprise to them. But we actually come out the front to present this offering. So our service team are going to position themselves and give instruction. Uh, they'll just wave their arm for you if you want to come out today. And as you come with your family or if you're by yourself, come by yourself. Come and put the pledge cards in this one and put the, uh, no, I mean, sorry, the, the, the what do you want God to do for you cards in this one? And then in this one, the envelopes and pledge cards. And uh, we're going to pray over you as you come, just briefly, uh, is what we're going to do. And we're going to have some video music playing in the background. So unfortunately, we're going to lose our online community uh, in a few moments uh, due to licensing. Uh, when we play that, that'll probably be cut live. And so we want to thank you for joining us today and your participation today. And please go to our webpage uh, or make contact with our office if you would like help or assistance in terms of your giving today. Uh, God bless you. For everyone else in the room,